It's not the only Kids in the Hall podcast. I am Nick. I'm joined as usual by Jared and Amay. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. How are you doing, man? We're good, Amay. This might be a record for yawning <laughs> into the podcast. <laughs> we didn't even begin, and you're and you've yawned. I love it. Um, well, it's, it's you've, been, you've been saving up that yawn. It's been. It's I have. Been, uh, I haven't yawned since the last time we recorded a podcast. You can believe it. It's sort of like when you don't let someone dream; they slowly go insane. So, thank you guys. It's um, been about two months. We right. had a lot of momentum because right. Kids in the Hall put out <laughs> put out a new season of episodes. The first season in what, like, twenty uh, something years. So we had a lot of momentum and we squandered it. That's right. We I felt like the, I don't know if the entire point, but certainly most of the point of the pod was gearing up for their, their new show on Amazon and kind of timing it. I don't with think the that was the point. Was it not? Well, that was the point for you? I didn't well, think not that for me, was but I just thought, I thought it was like, oh, mm-hmm. it was definitely something. It was one of the was things the that inspired, yeah, whatever, not the whole point. Yeah. But it, it did inspire me to suggest we do the show, you know, just the idea that they're going to be coming out with some new ones. And yeah, we blew it. We blew it. <laughs> but, uh, we fucking blew it. But look, life happens yeah. when plans get in the way. Is that how that saying goes? No. You know, you make plans know. and God laughs. That's what I've always yeah. thought. Uh, mm. the, the, the finest plans of mice and men often go awry. So exactly. there's lots of those. We all uh, had something really interesting and philosophical <laughs> to say there. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're all we're very smart, we're very smart uh, people, lazy and smart. That's how you want to be. But we're back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, truly. Right. Uh, back in. Well, we should talk about Jared. You have a big show tonight because this is coming out on Monday. Uh, oh, God. Yes. If you're listening to this, stop and run to the Asylum Theater in uh, New York City at the old uh, Upper Citizens Brigade Theater location for a night of laughs and hijinks and wonderful times with uh, me and Stacey Kulo. We have a show called How To Restaurant at uh, the Asylum Theater in New York. And God, if this gets you to see it, I'd, I'd be amazed, but it'd be great. Great to see you th- via the Kids in the Hall pod that's been on a long break until this very moment. I, I, this would be Wouldn't incredible. that be something? That would be if something. They, if they... If they see you there, they should say maybe like during the show, they should yell something out. That's right. Yeah, disrupt the show, guys. Start if you're listening to this, go to yeah. Jared's show and disrupt. Crush my head. Crush my happening. head. Do something that's sort of like on game with a pod, <laughs> and I'll stop yeah. and I'll sort of recognize you, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. But that sounds like a good idea. Can we, no, please come. Can we give someone a comp? Is that possible? If someone e- emails us at kidsinthepod at gmail.com? If they promise to show, 100%. I'll give them a comp. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Email, email us. Email us. Email us. Yes. Do we have kids that email? Kids in the pod at gmail.com. Kids in the pod yeah, at kids gmail.com. In the... Okay. That's right. You get yeah. to see me, Jared Emick, one of the three podcasters on this very program, live and in person. Just so you have about 12 hours. Married. That's right. That's right. Hours. If you're coming married. just for the sex, you're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. I'm committed to one. Um, very disappointed. <laughs> very disappointed. That's right. Because I'll indulge you and you won't like it. <laughs> well, I'm going to go close the door real quick. You guys can talk amongst yourselves. All righty. Okay. Um, I just got a little text message from this astrology app that I get. Do you want to hear it? Go for it. Okay. Hi, Cosmic Cutie. As of today... Ooh. 
Oh, you know what? This is a sale. Star. They're trying to sell me something. Mm. It is very. It is. It's like too familiar. I don't like it. You know. <laughs> let's have some well, dignity we... amongst the stars. Okay. Should we get into the show then? Yes. Let's talk about the show. All right. Well, let's uh, dive all the way back to May fourteenth, twenty twenty-two. Number one on the charts, <laughs> as it was by Harry Styles. In America. I like this song. This is a good song, right? Yeah, it's really big on TikTok right now. And this was yeah. this was number one for the other two weeks, right? For episodes one and two? I, I remember. Yeah. Yes, because yeah, okay. they, they all came out the same day. Right, 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 right. So, right. Uh, number, one, number, two, number one in Canada, Wait For You by Future featuring Drake and Tubbs. That makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. That does make sense. Drake, uh, Canadian. It's also the same one every time, so it's yes. the same song. Yeah, I mean, I would think with this long break, we would have come up with something <laughs> new to say about it, but I certainly have. <laughs> um, Is Drake the, the most famous Canadian? You think? I feel like you of asked it the last time. What about Jim Carrey? About Isn't he more famous, or no? Is that just to people like me? Drake's probably more Is... famous, I guess. I don't know. Is Drake more famous? That's a that's, that's a, a good qu- that's a good question. That's a Great mm-hmm. question could, for me. What do you, what do you guys think? Well, we can look him up on IMDb and check out their star meter. That oh, is that's, that's how I just come up with most of my decisions. Let's do it. Check okay. the star meter. Check the star meter. <laughs> I did want to say the other uh oh wow, I found a different Jim Carrey. Um the other hmm. big news uh not big news, but the other thing to take us back, uh, number one of the box office Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Ooh. Ooh. I hadn't seen it then. Have you seen and it now? Now I have I seen it. I saw it on yes. Disney Plus actually in preparation for a comedy show I was writing about the multiverse. I normally never would have seen it. Not really much of a Marvel guy, but I I did watch this one and I have watched WandaVision, so I must say I was I'm always impressed with Elizabeth Olsen's performances in these mm. movies. I think she's really really good. Um yeah. Interesting. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, did you guys like you you both saw it? You both sort of liked it? Yeah, sort of. I, I think I enjoyed it more than I expected to. I don't really like Doctor Strange as a character. He's like, you know, I think um, his whole thing is like, I'm the greatest, I'm the best. And then he gets <laughs> in those terrible car accidents. Isn't that all their things? And he's humbled. And then he's like, I'm the greatest, I'm the best again. Like, he doesn't really <laughs> go through very much, I don't think, in terms of character development, despite becoming a wizard, <laughs> which to me is pretty shocking i um, yeah i could see that in stark did, contrast uh, to harry potter who is a wizard that goes through a, an incredible journey of self-discovery I, don't know. I mean he's always rich and popular and then he continues to be rich and popular you know right. maybe the uh oops maybe the reality is is that being a wizard is not that transformative you just like kind of remain the same person but you have superpowers there's only one way well, to find but out dr strange <laughs> dr strange had to I'm a wizard. Uh, oh, okay, go ahead, Nick. I was gonna say Doctor Strange had to learn how to be. I I don't remember exactly, but he 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 worked hard, right? He wasn't just handed his abilities. I mean, I guess he worked hard, but the whole thing is that Doctor Strange is like the most competent person in the world. He goes to the Wizard superpower? Academy. <laughs> it uh, is the most him. competent he goes to the man wizard. in the world. <laughs> 
I have three he's like tasks. He's the greatest surgeon in the world, right? And he's yeah. so arrogant. And then he like gets in this terrible car accident. And he breaks his hand, so he oh, can't be a surgeon any anymore. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Oh, you haven't seen the movie that? Well, yeah. I saw multiple. Well, we, we should save so this. We, we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange. Was? Okay. Well, like <laughs> Doctor Strange was. Oh, we have to stop now. Yes. Sorry, Nick. Yeah, we we've got like five more episodes where we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange. Right. Let's talk about we'll him a pause, little and then bit tune each in for, Yeah, it'll be it's like, a new to, segment. Be continued, it's like to be continued. It's like discussing Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. Um, <laughs> but speaking of strange, we we opened this sketch with this episode with a, a strange man in a strange situation. I think every sketch uh, it's is called... by definition a strange situation, wouldn't you say? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That is kind of the basis of sketch comedy. Right. Strange or a strange man or a strange situation or a strange woman or a strange non-binary person. But this happens, this. A, <laughs> this happens to be this happens to be a strange uh person uh, in a, in uh in the post post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic world. It's called Doomsday DJ Part 1. Let's hear a little bit from that. Good morning, that was Melanie and brand new Key, and this is your friendly neighborhood DJ, Mike Motormouth Mulcahy on KROC, the crocodile, rolling out the rock to whoever's left in whatever's left of the greater metropolitan area. The weather today is mostly lethal, so stay indoors. And by indoors, we mean underground in a secure bunker or an abandoned mine. Well, enough chitter-chatter, let's get at her. This is Motormouth in the morning. Ready or not, here I rock. Well, I got a brand new pair of seats. You got a brand new key. And I think that's what makes this sketch work so well, is just this defeated look that Dave Foley has while the song plays. And he keeps repeatedly playing the same song over and over again. Um... This one was kind of like the breakout hit of the show. What did you, did you guys know that? And what did you think of it? No shit. It's the breakout hit. That's, it's the I'm one everybody keeps talking about. Uh, he, Dave Foley was interviewed just about this sketch. There's a whole interview about just this one sketch. Um, and yeah, it's, the one, it's mentioned in all the reviews. It seems to be one of the, if not the most popular sketch from the new series. That's interesting. Um, I liked it, actually. I'm surprised, though, that it's like a hit just because I think uh, it's kind of weird. It doesn't have a catchphrase necessarily, but maybe <laughs> it's just really relatable, you know? Yeah, it might just resonate. Exactly. Um, he uh, originally did this li- <laughs> live on stage. He said that he wrote it originally for a variety show that his wife was hosting in Los Angeles. I would have liked to have seen that version yeah, too just that i agree I just see the this. quiet staring off in the distance yeah 100 percent. I, I could see this playing well live um and that being fun i mean i i don't know as is maybe i'm i'm just a party pooper i feel like it wasn't my favorite it felt like a little easy like just one-on-one to me like very just like post-apocalyptic radio dj and the joke i like the second i mean are we doing the thing where we go through all the parts yeah, we, we can just talk about all three parts I of it. Mean, it's a, it's basically the same sketch. I right. mean, it, it, yeah. Well, when I saw the first part, I was th- I was kind of just hoping that this was because it didn't really feel that like there was much finality to it, or there was really a hard joke of the first one. I assumed it was setting up sort of a runner, which it did. I did like the second part because it had like that call, you know, taking the call of like just an automated telemarketing thing, and I thought that was a fun right, right. like radio 
move, you know, on the fact that it's the apocalypse and taking a call, like, but just sort of playing the the record and talking about <laughs> DNA bombs or whatever, <laughs> whatever the actual crisis is that's happening outside, just felt kind of that's right, DNA bombs. Just felt kind of simple and just. It was. I, I thought it was very simple too. I I I think the dialogue was very like uh, first draft, very. Yeah. Uh, very basic. Um, I mean, it, I especially like the in this one. I, yeah. the, and the third beat, you know, this him describing his kids being born and uh, one of them being a mutant that eats the other's arm. I mean, that's that's definitely something interesting. But I, I guess what I found, found very first draft and uh, like first time writing a sketch kind of premise was just that, that uh, contrast of him talking in the radio DJ voice versus describing the apocalypse. Like that seems to me like something I've seen so many times. I can't think of any examples right now, but I feel like I've seen it so many times. Uh, but I do, uh, I, I, I think just the performance, Dave Foley's performance, especially like just sitting and staring in between the beats and while the songs play, I, I thought that was what made the sketch really work for me. Yeah, I think one of our favorite guests. I have... uh, so go ahead. Sorry, May. Let me cut you off. It's okay. I was, I was just going to yeah. say, I really love the song, Roller Skate, so I'm glad that that was their choice. <laughs> I think it's really a great song. He said that <laughs> I they... I was surprised, uh, but it popped up. I think it, was yeah. it is a funny choice. That was, a, that was the song he used in the live show, and he said that he they asked him, you know, are there any other songs we could use if we're not able to get clearance for it? And he said, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to give you any alternate songs, because then you might look for those. Just try to get this one, and then if you can't, then come back to me. Sounds uh, like he's a joy oh, to work with. Oh, and they got it. <laughs> he, uh, he, he did have, and they also they played this the whole time they were shooting it. So they were, while they were shooting it for like eight hours, they were listening to the song nonstop. Uh, and one other bit from the from the interview that I had wrote down here, he said, because uh, they asked him, like, in the world of the DJ, did he have other songs, other singles that he could have played and like other records that he could have played and he just kept playing the same one or did he just choose to play the same one? And he said, it's just the one single. There was an explanation of it. I can't remember if I edited it out or not, not now. He did edit it out. Uh, but there was an explanation that at one point his entire record collection was stolen by bands of scavengers. And the only record that was left was the 45 of Brand New Key that had slipped behind the couch cushions. So in oh, case so you're wondering. So it is his only option. Yes. I assumed it was his only option. You know, it's like a funny choice for a lot of reasons because, you know, I think now someone would choose a more absurd song or one that's like more obviously um empty pop or you know something ridiculous from a commercial or something this song is actually like pretty solid i mean i'm sure it would make you insane listening to it over and over again but it's like a really classic fun song so i don't know i just think it's more interesting choice than i people would necessarily make outside i think it also yeah it's a great song too like a sing song like Hearing it over and over again, it does have that kind of like happy sing-song equality that makes you, especially when juxtaposed with his facial expression, gives you gives like evokes this sense of like I'm going insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> da, 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 da. like it just feels like you could lose your mind to that song fairly quickly. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard the parody of the song uh, by the Wurzels? Oh no. Mm-mm. Let me play a little bit from it. Ah! 
You guys gotta see his face too, it's great. He's dancing very silly. I heard this song before I ever heard Brand New Roller Skate, and so I was shocked when I found out that it's a parody of stuff. <laughs> That's because the tune, the melody is good. It's catchy. Yeah, it <laughs> is that good. sensation when like Weird Al like turns you on to like a new song. <laughs> You're like, oh shit! Like I love these songs. Um, is musical parody the lowest form of comedy? This could be a new um, <laughs> new segment. <laughs> anyway, that, uh, would you believe yeah. in that? Uh, I don't know. I just don't think it's that funny. It's catchy, but songs in themselves are absurd, right? It's like just a bunch of words all thrown It's like a hat on a hat so a little bit. Yeah. They don't really need. Yeah. I've, I've always <laughs> thought that like musical improv was, I mean, some people do it really well and it's impressive, but it, so much of it is you just get a laugh because you rhymed two lines in a row. Yeah. Totally. And that's kind of the same thing behind musical parodies in general. Anyway, let's move on to this next sketch, Ambum Blantz. 911, what's your emergency? Pop pop fell! Me Ambum Blantz! Ambum Blantz? Yes! Ambum Blantz. Ambum Blantz! Ambum Blantz. Ambum Blantz! Ambum Blantz? Yes! Ambum Blantz! You sure? For our listeners, Amay has her eyes closed, her head arched back in a sort of a painful, anxious, and she's coming. Um, Amay was the build-up is always kind of a tough, but it's worth it. Was this one a tough sketch for you to get through? It was the worst fucking sketch <laughs> I've ever seen. I hated it so much. Really? It's so stupid in a completely unfunny way. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like not a real misunderstanding. Like, obviously, he's saying ambulance. Like, obviously. <laughs> what the fuck else would he be saying? Like, it's not even a funny... It's not even like a different word that he's mistaking it for that's also a word. It's just like nonsense. It's like being like, oh, grandpa's on drugs, so he's not talking normal. Like, what What the fuck is this? It is like you Honestly, always hear about... Just to, just, it's worth it just to observe and laugh at your reaction to it. It's, it's probably the funniest thing Amazing. this episode's provided. Um, you know what it reminded me of? Yeah. There's this like TikTok that went really viral. And I'm not saying that this TikTok is the height of comedy. But it like reminded me of why this TikTok works. It's like um, an angel who took instruction from God and God told like the angel to make the dinosaurs meteor or whatever. And right, right, right. meaning like meteor, like a meat, like, like more meat on the bone. Buffer. Like, yeah. Oh, oh and, I see. I see. Yes. And then the angel sends a meteor, like a asteroid, sure, and kills sure. all the dinosaurs. And it's like just this like a fucking homonym, understanding like the or misunderstanding. Because right. there's logic. Yes, to it. this is like, like a yeah. When I, I, what made me what it made me think think of is we all took sketch writing classes 
and comedy classes at various points in our lives. And they they always tell you to play to the to the top of your intelligence. (laughs) That's right. This is just like the exact opposite of that. This is just just like like everybody's to the opposite of intelligence. Yeah, this is. This is just uh, everybody is is dumb. In I this almost world, thought apparently. it would it was so dumb that it would devolve into like blah blah blands and like blah 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 like blah blah like they would get even stupid like they would yeah but that would be a logic to the sketch itself right and there's just none <laughs> that'd be hype none at all actually <laughs> comedy um, well in the beginning of it I thought that there was going to be some sort of Godfather reference I don't know if if that happened with either of you guys watching where like it's the old kind of grandpa figure uh, chasing the kid around like a fruit field sort of that that reminded me of the end of godfather maybe that was a stretch yeah yeah making that up but um i couldn't tell if that was a conscious reference i guess probably not um probably not and then uh <laughs> yeah i mean i sort of agree um i mean what even is sort of like if they were explaining the premise like what do you think they would say like is it who who's who's mispronouncing because well, it, it sounds like the, grandpa's that the grandfather's had a stroke but he can't quite pronounce the word ambulance so everyone right. keeps pronouncing a word that clearly sounds like ambulance but isn't the word and you know i mean i guess like the funny thing to them is the idea of this like comedy troupe or whatever these people are supposed to be who do skits and their name is Amble Blance. but even if that's right. the case wouldn't the person <laughs> the operator be like oh yeah you want the ambulance? I know what you're talking about, and send them instead of this like repeating the word back and forth like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Either right. you fucking know he means ambulance, or you know he means this troop of weirdos who are called ambulance. Well, they had to they had to right. look you know they had to look it up in the yes. phone book to find that the troop of weirdos. <laughs> I, but like, why? Like, if that exists in this world, why would they need to do that? Like, it just doesn't add anything except repeating this made like you know gibberish back and forth. No, I, I agree. My, I, I think if if you ask them what the funny thing is, it's just I think it's just people being dumb and being too, you know, people acting thought, dumb. Like I didn't hate the part that they, you know, Ambulance is like this whatever a comedy duo for children or whatever, and they showed up and you know rescuing the kid from boredom or whatever they said it was. But like, I if they just got to that faster, like if they just cut out the sort of constant back and forth and then don't they have a uh, McDonald come on or, and then he does the same thing or, or, or I forget which other. Actor yeah. He, had, Dave, Dave Foley and Kevin McDonald kind of go back and forth. Like, are you sure he said? Yeah. They cut that part out. It would have. Exactly. And if they just moved, if they cut that part out, it would have made more sense. Right. And then it's also like, we if get you're maybe questioning it, if you're like, that. are you sure? Are you sure he said ambulance? Wouldn't the natural next thing to say be like, maybe he meant ambulance? <laughs> like, why the fuck would you even ask that question if you had if you had questions? It just doesn't make any sense for any reason. Anyway, um, my I I thought the the funniest part was the the little kid the way he was dancing to the to the ambulance uh, guy. Yeah. I uh, like they, I, I thought that was very funny when he was dancing to the to the weird comedy troupe and then later when uh they're dragging uh mark mckinney's character on the uh the tarp uh to to a hospital presumably the little kids standing on top dancing around too i basically thought the little kid was was charming and funny little kid was good and i thought at the end it's it's sort of a comedy cliche at this point i find but uh this moment of like not again (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like it's a go-to for so many people to just say that and after something insane happened. But here it's sort of, you know, I don't know. It works. Well, it's a little it's more like, on oh, game. Oh, no, not again. That means right. that they get yes. used all the time. Yes. They're constantly yes. being called into the field. In which case, yes. why does the fucking operator well, that's not the immediately joke, right? think of them? That's like, the it joke. Just... It's like they're playing on. They're like, <laughs> like fucking with you, Amay. Like, I don't think that is a joke. I think that's well, a, a huge hole in the concept <laughs> and execution of this idea. A huge gaping hole that they don't realize <laughs> at all. <laughs> No, I think they do, and it's not it's not justified. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> I yeah, think I have I think they're just a higher tolerance. The the flat out stupidity of it. I think you know it's like what yeah. embracing what embracing be able to make something totally bullshit and stupid and kinda, unfunny kinda, because they have the budget kinda, to make it. Kinda. Like I guess sure, embrace it, man. Like I guess we can all do whatever. <laughs> I'm just look. I agree with you. I didn't like it. I'm I'm just trying to play devil's like, advocate. And it's figure not it even out. one of those sketches where you're like, this is so weird, and Kids in the Hall does this weird experimental comedy. It's like not. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's like total. No, it's like, just people please, being dumb. Put it, take it behind the shed and put it down it's just not <laughs> funny I miss anyway this podcast. This does shouting <laughs> a, a different comedy show <laughs> all, all right, right well, let's, let's watch i like a little bit one. from shakespeare's bust oh my god what is this <gasps> i live <laughs> Who hath given me the sweetest gift of life? Oh, it's me! It's me! I go, Shakespeare, I prayed for you to be alive! Oh, I'm Thad! Thank you, most blessed Thad. And then blood spurting everywhere from Shakespeare's... Shakespeare's bus... Armholes. Armholes, yeah. Um, I will say I'd love this sketch if I were. I thought of you. I thought like a May definitely one. was gonna like this. <laughs> this has a May written all over it. <laughs> well, I think like from the beginning until maybe like when the third scene, if you will, of this. Um, so he walks in and he's just this guy who's totally obsessed with Shakespeare, and I just think the way that Mark McKinney plays that and all the details of the house and his like idea that he and Shakespeare would be friends if they met are just like very well played and funny. (laughs) I thought that was the best. And then was Shakespeare actually. Yes. Um, And then when Shakespeare is brought to life by a lightning strike and just when the blood started spurting out of him, it's like, of course he's a bust. All of his body (laughs) just goes on for so long. It's very like disgusting, but I think, I think it's something that like builds on itself in a way that takes you along with it and is funny. But the third part where he's like Shakespeare just becomes some dummy who like likes to watch Jackass, I think <laughs> is less funny to me, I guess, mm-hmm. um, or less surprising yeah. uh, than the other stuff that happens throughout the sketch. But I, I thought this one was really funny I and think I interesting. Agree with that, I, I love the game of the anatomically correct bust i guess or or if if, if that is the game but i love that how like because the second beat i sort of would say is that i guess is it his entrails falling out or his guts and shit yeah well it depends i thought that depends on how you look at it because right i kind of thought it felt like two different sketches stitched together like the the first part was uh mark mckinney's fun uh shakespeare nerd guy 
Mm-hmm. And then that, mm-hmm. that's, that could have been its own sketch. And then the second sketch was a bus coming to life. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like the second beat of the bus coming, bus coming to life would be, yeah, the entrails falling out. Yeah, but I, I liked both both sketches. I thought it was, they were both really funny. Maybe, yeah, instead of a third beat of him just like sitting there watching Jackass, because I agree, that felt a little, I don't know, lazy not i guess i don't know if it was yeah. lazy but it but it just, it just felt like not that exciting as you were saying ame and i maybe if it was more like he had to try to be like a writer or like he came out with a new production and everybody was so reverential of him but he was you know still whatever bleeding and his like guts were flying <laughs> everywhere like if he still had to be yeah, shakespeare yeah. it felt sort of easy and it's hard to, to top like, the, the anatomically correct yeah bus. it is it is <laughs> It's a, it's a really strong move. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it, I, I was expecting, because I think the third, it, it has to kind of end with him not actually wanting to be friends with this guy. Right. But, I, but maybe if it's sure. like he's just a much cooler guy, like he has a, a girl coming over and he's like, hey, man, could you clear yeah. out? Well, or what if it's know. like a like he uses him, like he uses McKinney, like you have to be my arms and legs. And then it's like, you know, Shakespeare wouldn't use his hand like that or something. And he's like, using him like a ratatouille situation like controlling him or something being his body because that was the, it, they definitely had more <laughs> there like more to, to, to come up with i don't know limbless jokes and <laughs> to see if his writing was all in his head or if he actually used some of his other body parts i don't know it's i do like yeah. this image of him in the in the hockey uh it's funny jersey yeah. but but it's it's not really worth it but the hockey jersey but still with the little frilly uh neck piece thing yes it's, it's a funny i would like costume. to see shakespeare just like the body get abandoned outside a police station or something uh yeah, Maybe like in so like a little. It ends, but it is very hard to top that. You know, I think if it had ended after that, I actually would have been like, okay, <laughs> like I like that ending. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Menudo right, poster then... was was a was a decent blackout. I mean, mm-hmm. eyes bleeding was funny. <laughs> All right, let's watch a little bit from. Uh, wait, eyes bleeding? Yeah, isn't there like blood trickling from their eye sockets in the poster at the end? Oh, of the because edge? because the blood from Shakespeare. Is that right. from Shakespeare? I thought it was like, a, like a sort of mystical, like ghost thing. Like it was from them. Oh. Did, did it yeah, let's splatter watch, let's onto watch the poster it. or drip? Yeah, let's see. I, I oh wow! <laughs> I think yeah, I didn't. And then, and I think you hear that like, like I think it's yeah, like, yeah. You know, a haunted thing or something. I didn't notice that. You're right. Yeah, the, it, presumably the Menudo poster is going to come alive as well. Something. Yeah, the Menudos are there, and their eyes are bleeding. All right, let's watch a little bit from this Friends of the Kids in the Hall. Friends of Kids in the Hall, number seventy-four. Ron. Oh man, I was a big fan of the kids. Big fan. I remember hanging out with them backstage. You know, eating grapes, all the carryings on. Well, I mean, I was near them. You know, I kind of ate my grapes in the corner they didn't really know i was there but that's what made it fun <laughs> yeah i mean these are all just whatever i mean it's keenan thompson he's he's funny guy yeah like, why don't they put these people in a sketch like a proper sketch i don't get it it's probably too <laughs> like, too much the most... work they probably don't want to travel all the way to toronto i guess to like actually 
And this one feels like <laughs> they could just like... shoot this, shoot this, shoot this in the like the green room of SNL, probably. And when yeah. you can exactly, and when you consider that they did Pete Davidson, you realize like, oh, okay, maybe Catherine O'Hara was you know an aberration, and and these two, it's Lorne probably just you know sent out an email and has all of them you know tape one of these and send it in because this one felt out of the ones that we've seen of of this, this sketch series. Probably the most half-assed, I would say. It just <laughs> yes. felt like he's got his hat on and his vest, like he was like about to go out for coffee or something, and they stopped him and had him do this or something. And he goes, it's, and then they... he was also like, he's making it up entirely. Yeah, and, right. Like and then the other punch... two, I think, were actual characters, kind of. And they punch in this weird, like the line of what? What is it? Some woman stops him, or or and he get, he tries to yeah. I guess, escape or run away. I forget exactly what happens. They're like, what is, someone comes in and says, what are you doing in, in my house? What are you house doing or something in like my that. house? That's right. It's like, mm. what? <laughs> in my house? This does not, it's clearly his fucking green room. <laughs> like I mean, from, from what I read, they did, they did, uh, the kids in the hall actually wrote these and, and gave them to these people and said, you know, will you do these? So sure. This as much as it seems feel just, written. yeah, it doesn't, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just, didn't put that much time into writing it. Maybe he got the script and was like, no, I'm going to do my own. I got a <laughs> great bit that I got to try right. out. Yeah. I got a great bit. I got to try out the great bit. You know, it, it doesn't do well when I'm on the, on the circuit, but I'm going to try it here. I mean, I've been workshopping it. Right. Call it uh, when I'm on the old circuit. That's what they call it. Comedy circuit. It's vaudeville. It'd be. I remember um, these characters Let's move on up. to I the like, next guest. I like these guys that's right Gord, gordon and jeff the uh kind of snake oil salesman played by mm-hmm. mark mckinney and bruce mccullough all right let's watch a little clip from it from uh gut spigot hey, hey, do you mind if i tell you a story would you please huh okay so <laughs> we were down in texas a little town called shithole shithole texas it. yeah and i met a proud young <laughs> american there now he was morbidly obese but not in a way that would eventually kill him right 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 sure and he told me hey i'd like to diet who wouldn't? But you know, my job, it's nuts. I'm working six, seven hours a day. By the time I get off work, get drunk, and drive home, I'm so tired, all I can do is eat cheese. I have heard a story like this one million times. Yeah, you say- uh, I, I really love these two characters, they, and I feel like they still got it. They're, uh, they're just the, per, the, the way they, they, they play them, the, 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 the way they're moving around as they're talking. It's all very funny and just the yeah. rapid back and forth. It feels so rehearsed and so uh, done so well, in my opinion. Yeah, to, to to me, there's something about this where it's like, you know, maybe these exact type of salesmen aren't ar- around anymore. But but I think the spirit of this is still pervasive in culture and just people trying to get you to buy shit and like <laughs> I just feel like they're still relatable I still feel like I hear this type of thing whether I'm getting I don't know a text or a call from some tele like I, I feel like I still relate to this hard and the jokes are just so funny I love like uh, who likes to boogie and learn about new products I think they're called Americans <laughs> <laughs> I really like that I like this thing where middle America where everyone holds their gut and then they cut and then all the extras were really funny in this sketch and they all like jiggled their guts yeah. and smiled and like nodded <laughs> the guy the unpaid uh this unpaid stranger raises a good point that guy in the crowd who kept like you know clearly was bought out by them and i don't know and the gut spigot thing you know the, the invention itself maybe was my least favorite part it felt sort of yeah, like an old sucked. hacky snl commercial of like look at this goofy invention 
but I I thought the characters were still great, and I loved you know McCullough, and it was good. What'd you think of me? Um, I also wrote down that line, "Who wants to boogie and learn about new products?" But I think that was the last thing I found funny that happened. <laughs> I I do sh- the security guard, I guess, kind of delivered his thing. I don't know. I just think it was like kind of weirdly fat phobic in a way that like was not funny. Yeah, it just like fair. was dis- distasteful to me. Like not even like I'm offended, but just like I don't know. It's like gross to think about doing that to people's bodies and <laughs> I don't know. It was just like gross in a way that wasn't funny to me. Like I think Shakespeare splurting blood and his guts falling out is funny, but just being like, look at all these fatties who eat cheese because they're tired and lazy and American and they live in shithole Texas. <laughs> it's like all right like that to me feels really like dated yeah as humor really old school as humor and it's just like not that funny a premise i do think the characters themselves obviously like they are very rehearsed they are very sharp and and playing off each other well it's just like the thing that they're joking about is feels really like boomer humor to me i don't know yeah and i guess i I don't know. I'm I'm wondering like if you're supposed to be on their side or if you're supposed to I mean you're definitely supposed to think they're they're jerks, they're assholes, but I but was yeah, I mean, thinking I, the same thing, but the more I was listening to a mate talk about it, the more I feel like you're you're probably right. <laughs> In the yeah, sense yeah. that like they're not like I was thinking like, well this must be satirical. They must understand that like, you know, I don't know, fab diet things are shitty to begin with. And that's part of why they're shitty because they're selling it to people. But yeah, maybe they're, maybe they're not, maybe they don't care about that. Maybe they're not as self-aware. No, I, I, to... I, I do I think, think they're... it could, I think it could be satirical, but there are just a few moments that tipped it over to me. Mm-hmm. Like when they show a person like shaking their naked torso gut and then it's like obviously <laughs> intended to be disgusting and it's yeah, like you know yeah. a lot of people look like that and i don't know that it needs to be it that if that's funny <laughs> like i don't know if it's really that funny that people have guts <laughs> i mean i just don't i think it like crossed the line in places where it no longer seemed to be a joke about how these guys are jerks but about like actually how lazy and gross fat people are mm. yeah that's her i think there's probably a little bit of both things in there well, now it's but, interesting yeah. because yeah. I know this whole podcast we've been, you know, going on and on about, well, you know, this is this and this is this and maybe this is reductive and maybe this is offensive or whatever. And it was about something that was shot 30 years ago. Obviously, this was not. <laughs> this is very recent. <laughs> well, and obviously, they're like, older people up... making the sketches. But, uh, you know, it's we well, can there, slam there them a little more. There are a few other more. things that happen in this episode where I feel like you can feel the age in their perspective and you can Mm. feel the lack of understanding their perspective and i do think that there's a way to send up diet culture and it like this sketch almost comes close because it is like such a disgusting image to like drain fat from your body and like clearly would damage you horribly and the idea of running a car like there are like elements in there that it's almost yeah satirizing diet culture but i just don't trust their intentions and I think that there are like some signals within this sketch that make me think to them it's funny to talk about fat people in a kind I, I of feel like degrading maybe way as well. Feel free to disagree, but I feel like uh, somebody like Tim Robinson sort of is able to thread that needle sometimes. Like he has that sketch that I really love with the with something tuggers right where he's tugging his shirt yeah, out. They right. sell that product where you keep like stretching your shirt out or whatever. 
And that, I don't know, maybe right. there's just something more specific about that or subtle about that, or I think self-effacing certainly about that, where he's like definitely purely 100% the butt of the joke that I think makes some of the shit that he makes in that area work a little better. But I think I part know. of it is well, maybe that they're like, we know they're Canadian and they're very explicitly making jokes about Americans being overweight or... Right. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's like, it's very, it's, it's a... Uh, they are they're not coming from a place of we have you know they're they're coming from a place of outsiders poking fun at at a certain group of people i guess right. even if they are americans you know which i'm not you know I'm not I mean, all that, it's not, not that americans deserve all the love and respect in the world but there's just like a lot of things about that phobia in america and specifically that i think are really attached to like classism and you know, like it's not like a neutral topic. <laughs> I don't think, and it's right. uh, yeah. It's, what makes it hard? I don't is know. That it's delicate. Like I think Middle America and like over, like them being overweight and that, like they really like unapologetically smash those two things together. And we're like, yeah. you know, yeah, hick like, fatties. It's like no, no, like <laughs> you uh, can't talk um, about that. I think the Tim Robbins sketch works a little more. I'm sure there are people who would disagree even with that. I think that works a little more because it's like he's talking about himself and his personal experience. You know, he's like, I have I, I think he's like, I have noticed myself doing this and I made a sketch based on this behavior that I have. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas this, it's right. like about something external, you know, that's the vibe I get. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Well, let's move on to this next sketch, which also had some some stuff that. I'm guessing <laughs> that I didn't think there played as well today, buried but I, but I liked, we'll I liked the up. beginning of it here. Let's watch it a little bit from the beginning. This is called Danny's new shoes. I think these shoes will do the trick, eh? Oh, I do. Definitely. This is what all the young Turks with a fire in their belly are wearing. Really? I sold a pair to this one guy in the morning and by lunch that day, he had moved from the mail room to the vice president's office. Hmm. Well, you can't argue with the data. These shoes are selling like crazy. You're lucky I have them in your size. Actually, they're a little tight. Best I can do. <laughs> that line really made me laugh me a lot too. for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this is the return of Danny Husk, uh, Scott Thompson's businessman character, who is I probably one of the, the most frequently recurring characters in the show, if not the most, and... He even he even wrote a, a a graphic novel about Danny Husk that I bought that I haven't read oh, yet. Wow. Um, wow. So yeah, ba- Return of Danny Husk. Also, Return of Bingo the Clown. I don't know if you guys knew that Bingo the Clown. No. Also a character in Kids and All. Season no, three, episode sixteen. Okay. Here, I'll play a little clip actually from when we first meet Bingo the Clown. It was who Husk? Never mind. You don't want to know. Who is it? Husk? So you guys can't see this, but uh, <laughs> Dave Foley, the boss character, was sprayed by seltzer, and there's a seltzer can in front of Danny Husk, and now he's yelling at, at Danny. Husk, you don't want to. Yes, I do, Husk. Me, I do. Yes, I do, Husk. In fact, I do. Yes, I do want to know, Husk. I think we all want to know. Fairbanks, don't you want to know? Douglas, I'm sure you'd like to know. Bingo, I'm certain is curious. He's a clown. So, Husk. Who the hell was it? Who the hell do you think it was? <laughs> it was Bingo. <laughs> Don't blame the clown, Husk! Oh! It's a pretty funny scene. 
But uh, you guys can see you it. how the laugh track really, comp- not laugh track, whatever, live audience completely changes the dynamic of it. Not just like, oh, it's annoying to have it there or not have it there, but like just the pacing of it. Like they're all obviously you have to, <laughs> as an actor, go but, off of it. And like that, the audience is controlling the pace of the sketch. And for sure, know, yeah, it's just crazy. It's such a different show. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys didn't know, an audience being there, not being there changes stuff. Changes it. <laughs> Um, so then this takes a turn when Danny Husk is fired for cultural appropriation because mm. Bingo the Clown complained about the <laughs> about yeah. the, the shoes. Um, actually, yeah. I, I have very well-made clown shoes. They're, so basically he's wearing clown shoes, but they look like they're made of Italian leather. <laughs> they're kind <laughs> yeah. of an amazing prop. <laughs> I mean, it's funny watching him walk around in them. Sure. Um, Can't deny that. All right. Let's watch this. I have this queued up. We may as well watch this. This is when Danny gets fired. So, what did you want to see me for? Danny, you're fired. I don't follow. Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. I left out a chunk. There's been an anonymous complaint, Danny, and you're fired. A complaint? It turns out the complaint was from Bingo the Clown. The, uh... The character we we now know is a recurring character, and we and we love we love the we love him because he's a recurring character. We all love a recurring character. We love Bingo. <laughs> Show us again, Bingo again. Um, I didn't understand what was happening in the sketch that you were showing us before because I couldn't see it. Was was it another anonymous complaint thing? No, no. So uh, the other one, uh, Bingo. So. The boss character is sprayed with a seltzer bottle, and then the seltzer bottle ends up in front of Danny Husk, and the boss says, "Oh, I see." Blames okay. him for gotcha, doing gotcha, it, gotcha, and gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. And then he's like, Sorry. "Then we," he says, "Well, who was it?" And then we cut to Bingo the clown. It's like, well, obviously it was a clown, but uh, yeah, that's a funnier joke than this. I think it is. Yeah. It is. Yes, and I think as you guys were saying, the the shoe shopping part of this sketch was probably the funnier part. <laughs> I enjoyed yeah. that interplay between, you know, McDonald and the and uh name escapes. Danny Hus Scott Thompson. Yes, Thompson. Um you know, I don't know. This whole time I was thinking like who who is this make like who's the target here? <laughs> who are we making fun of? What is this a comment on? Like it's, it's just... for like other Gen Xers who are like, the kids these days are too sensitive. Yeah. You can get fired for wearing clown shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, first of all, no one ever gets fired for like one complaint about cultural appropriation of all things. You know what I mean? Like if you walked in wearing <laughs> like a, a poncho and a sombrero and you're a white person, they're not going to fire you out of the gate. They'll probably be like, can you please not wear that? Like it just like such a del- weird ass turn for this sketch to take and also doesn't follow the logic of actual real life behavior and also kind of like equates you know the culture you're born into to being a fucking clown that, like it's right so that's the problem ridiculous. right it's like well and then they start talking about gypsy cabs and how yes. you don't see gypsies driving which you're not like you're not really supposed like to say gypsy well, who the fuck calls a taxi a gypsy cab well, that's anymore the point, right? like, i think he was supposed he was intentionally up? like saying something like well, you know, let's watch that terribly offensive Mm. I've taken gypsy cabs my whole life. Yep. I've never once gotten into one and had a gypsy driver. Nope. You think it's racism? Probably. Most things are. 
So that was how the sketch ends. Like they're like, trying to call themselves out, I, I guess. I guess. I, I, I'm not sure if they're trying to call themselves out or if they're just, the thesis statement is, every like, it seems like every, these days everything is racist, you know? Like the thesis statement is these days you can't do anything anymore because you're going to get called a racist. To me, that well, seems to be the It's like you, you guys did like blackface in your show and now you have more money to make this show with this stupid ass sketch. I know. Sketch. <laughs> like, I know. It just, you know, when people do stuff like this, it's not even so much that it's offensive. It's just like your thinking is so shallow and uninformed. And, you know, it's like this is like something your uncle would say at Thanksgiving dinner after too many like shots of schnapps or something like it just like some like deranged person well, we, did, we had that warning sort of i think from thompson or foley or whatever and where they were like you know we're gonna do what we did last time like we're not gonna shy away from it like you know we might not use black but they are anymore. like this you know i mean i feel like this is like just no i'm such a criticism i mean i think it's, it's just stupid. like a not <laughs> yes saying, yeah. i think it's stupid i just think it's like lacks any kind of like real thought or introspection or humor you know it's like right which is surprising you know, it's for, like something you know i don't maybe it's not surprising but i don't know like accomplished I, I i kind of assume do you know what their politics are nick i mean are they all I, is it fair to assume that they're all liberal yeah for sure I, mean, I, I think they're all okay i think they're all very liberal but i think they're you know they're old men you know and they have like they're old white men right so it is what it is yeah. but I, I i it's just kind of surprising to me i just even the way with the the state of comedy now and culture and just how what people are focused on to sort of just like <laughs> Be aware of it and actively sort of be say an ignorant thing. It, it just uh, sort of weird. But you know, and it's not. Funny. I think it's like it's ignorant. It's not funny, and I do think that this is the thing that happens in a lot of very popular big comedy shows, where it almost seems like there's this disconnect between the people who are writing the content and culture at large, because. You know, even if this is their perspective and they want to do some sketch about cultural appropriation, it's like, why don't you read Twitter for a while and see that everyone's made the same fucking joke again and again? Like, what's the next sketch going to be like? I identify as a helicopter. Like, right, shut exactly, up. Like, exactly. Like, it's a pronoun just, like, sketch so... or something. Right, right. Yes. It's like you have like zero awareness of culture as it is. You've just heard about these things. You're making the first most obvious and uninformed joke. And, and it's just, it's like disappointing to see this lack of uh, introspection or even creativity. Like they're just lacking creativity here. And it's a shame, like an extra shame to me because they have such like a beautiful, unique part of their identity to me. It's like this really like specific brand of silliness that they like sometimes, like in the very, very first sketch, I'm thinking of like the cop thing where they're taking off their clothes and it can't be them because they're naked. Like, that's that's what I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> Their penises. That, that's yeah, what I want to see. No, but exactly. you know what I mean. Like <laughs> was this he, fucking was he goofy shit, and they do that so well. So to like just take those turns and be like, well, actually, and like try to make these, I don't know, just uneducated. Like, have you ever thought things. about that? <laughs> what if you were a clown? Would <laughs> <laughs> you be mad at people for wearing clown stuff? <laughs> what? I, I wonder if it's yeah. like that's it's sort of a side effect of them. I don't. I I don't. Nick, what what is this? did they hire any new writers or like did they try to yeah. bring on younger people who they've never worked with before did they stick to their old crew or like what is the crew like is it 
There's some, uh, there's, you know, all the kids and all the writers on the show. So it was Norm Hiscock who used to work on the show back in the day. Right. Um, but then they also brought in uh, Julie Klausner, uh, Jen Kirkman. Mm. Uh, those are the names I remember. They're they're younger. They're they're not that much young younger than the kids. People in the room they're maybe like, like they're maybe like ten years younger than the kids. But, right. but yeah. and there might be there are probably I'm sure there are other writers on the show too, but but I, I don't know who they are offhand. Do you guys you guys, did you guys ever know Gary Richardson? Sure. Yeah. He's a he's a story editor I saw Ooh. was listed on the show. Uh uh you know, it's funny because I think probably the people who we know who would write for this show do know better than this. But it's like, how much control do you have when yeah. the whole show is about these five guys and it's their show? Right. I guess you can stand up to them, of course, if you think something's like really beyond the pale and probably there are some conversations. But eventually you're going to be like, I mean, how many sketches have we seen already from these three episodes where something kind of questionable and stupid and whatever like dated has happened? Like, how many times are you going to have that conversation with them before you're fired? <laughs> you know? And I was having this conversation with somebody who writes for a late night show that's very popular. I'm talking about having a conversation with the host and how they basically all pitch their ideas. And then those ideas get dismissed. And then the host is like, what if, uh, what if there are two basketball players? And they just responded to everything with, huh? And, like, then they have to make a sketch out of that. You know what I mean? It's just like... Right. I think at a certain point, you're kind of at the mercy of the people at the top or you don't have a job, which is a legitimate choice to make, but not an easy one. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that all sounds right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> anybody that was brought in as a writer for the show is kind of probably more of a like a hired gun type writer that's just uh, doing whatever they're told. Probably yeah. not, obviously not dri- the driving voice from the show. Your friend and our and our. Uh, former guest on this pod had the had the stones to stand up to them and say i'm not even showing up to the live show that i've been working towards right was what, what was that's what was, right what was his name? Jast, jastro when he was uh that's right michael jastro when he was uh, a writer's i guess he was like an assistant i mean it was more a scheduling conflict a than any sort of courageous display yes. but <laughs> i'm yes. choosing to frame it like that for the for the sake of this discussion he said no i'm not going to be a part of this show and they said what and then he didn't even show up yeah. He's the best. Yeah, Josh I don't Trump. remember that. Come on back to the pod, Joshua. We need your bravery. We should, we should maybe we should bring back uh, some of the big kids and all like fans we've had on to talk about these new episodes, like uh, Jastro and Frank. Uh, Frank Garcia. Let's do it. Oh, thank you for reminding me. I was going to bring him up, and then I never circled back to it. Um, his he has a character that's very similar to the Foley post-apocalyptic DJ. Frank um, does. Frank. Frank yeah, Garcia. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Frank Garcia Heil. Yeah. He has a. Uh, great cut sort of and I, and I and i believe it, it's definitely a radio dj and i believe the game is you know like every time he introduces a song like the world's falling apart i'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is really it's, it's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um it's very funny oh i wonder if that's online or something i i guess we'll never know we'll never know um <laughs> but uh hey uh, that's the last sketch of the episode oh is it really uh, mm-hmm. yeah well there's another doomsday another dj DJ. one right right but we already already covered that one um Mm. i guess it's the time of the episode where we do the sketch of the app so yeah great well i'll sing the song see if i can remember the melody it was kind of a complex sort of interesting thing with a Unique time signature. Let me figure out one, two, three. Sketch of the app. It's the sketch of the app. Come on down. It's the sketch of the app. Bah. 
remember. Well, my sketch of the app is Shakespeare's bust. That was my favorite sketch of the episode. Mm. Mine too. Mine too. I am all about Shakespeare's bust. I thought it was surprising, yeah, that's funny, well performed, great production. On top of that, I was going to say when you said you're all about Shakespeare's bust, I was going to say that's what she said. Just uh, thank you. I'm sorry I did not pause. I will be more aware of those opportunities in future. <laughs> oh, Shakespeare. Hey, I'm just trying to think of a joke about Shakespeare busting and what sort of old English he would use. Something like I like that. if he was. N- I'm about, I'm about thou, thou art something. Thou about, art yeah. nutting. <laughs> nutting. That's good. Um, uh, no. <laughs> I liked Shakespeare's busting. Mm. Thou art nutting. I liked. Um, you know, I that 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 would have to be. I I, I think it's unanimous. I, I think I have to go with Shakespeare's bust. I I did like parts of this. Uh, you know. Snake oil salesman sketch. With, oh yeah, with me the, too. I, I like the cheese jokes. Um, there was there was a nice rule of three cheese joke in there that really made me laugh. About the last beat was cheese colored tears going down his face. I thought that was very <laughs> funny. Um, but yeah, definitely Shakespeare bust. Very very funny idea with the uh, no arms, no bottom. Yeah, really and I also good. liked the the DJ sketch. Just to be clear, but uh, hmm. just not number one for me. You know. Number one, uh, this I time. liked it too. Shakespeare's no, I didn't bust. really. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, as we end okay. every episode. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and keep crushing those heads. Uh-huh.